0: Hello, this is not Gene Roddenberry, but uh, if I was around, I would definitely be listening to Trek Experts, the new podcast from the people who brought you the 430 movie. Check it out, 430movie.com. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, co-host of Trek Treksperts. If you're a Star Trek fan who thinks you know everything about the history of Star Trek, think again. Check out Ed Gross and my new best-selling two-volume oral history of Star Trek from St. Martin's Press, The 50-Year Mission. Available wherever books, digital, and audiobooks are sold.
1: Chase Masterson and we are back with Disco Nights, the show that explores the lights and darks, the days and nights of Star Trek Discovery. And I am so excited, thrilled to have as our special guest today, one of the finest and most diverse characters to hit the star trek universe in quite a while playing Rael, mary chifo
2: yay
1: hello thank you so much for coming mary how are you i'm 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 very well thank you i would imagine you're well after that episode last
2: night <laughs> yeah it was quite quite a doozy <laughs> wow
1: you went there yes discovery went there yes what an incredible diverse character, like mm-hmm. I said. And I am so excited that we're getting to see more of who Lorel is and mm-hmm. who you are in different circumstances and mm-hmm. the lengths that you're willing to go. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Feel it. Oh. is spreading to your oh. But I will not let you suffocate until you've signed. Thank you for my book. Now pass me that pretty little finger.
2: Now for my first act as chancellor.
1: Execution. fun was Points of Light. I mean... Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: I mean, it really... When I got the script, I just was flabbergasted, for lack of a better term. I mean, just... I couldn't believe that I had been given my own personal Greek tragedy in one episode. You know, you just don't it's expect that until until you read it and the ups and downs and you know Shazad and I've been joking that it's a Greek Shakespearean kitchen sink drama but really appreciating that you get these intimate moments within the insanity and the epicness um and yeah for that to be the kind of the episode back was was such a gift and I'll um you know not not uh without challenges, but certainly Absolutely. a huge gift.
1: Absolutely. So much fun, my gosh. And I am thrilled to be joined today by Mark Altman, who is the producer of this show and also a uh, well-known and loved writer-producer of much television for a very long time and the host of our sister podcast, Rex Freckfurtz. How are you, Mark?
0: I'm great, Chase, and I'm so glad you have me. I have so many uh, questions for... Uh, Mary and you know it's sort of interesting. It's sort of like a uh, long way. Uh, you know, f- f- something funny happened to me on the way to the forum. <laughs> you know, because Mary, of course, went to Juilliard. Yes, and it's like. And did you ever think when you were going <laughs> to Juilliard that one day you'd wake up in Klingon prosthetics, right. uh, playing this uh, alien being? Actually, uh, that's what totally.
1: you do in Juilliard. <laughs> you, 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 that's part,
2: just of, part of it. Constantly in prosthetics, but it is funny because while while I was there, I did not expect uh, my first big thing to be so prosthetic heavy, I will say once I got it and and, and saw the challenges that I was going to have, I was like, thank goodness for my training because certainly it was even more Klingon speech heavy in the first season, Mm. but just having to speak a foreign language and know how to break it down, how to, you know, just the stamina alone of 15 hour days when you've got heavy restrictive armor plus the, the, you know, rubber all over your face. I just I don't know if I could have made it uh, through without that training and something I speak um, about a lot in regards to my time at Juilliard is that it was about learning how to organize my life for my art. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, I got to do tons of plays and and definitely grew as an artist, but it was so much about who I was. Uh, you know, um, off stage and how you deal with because we're basically 9 a.m. till 10 p.m., five days a week, plus rehearsals on the weekend. Um, you're constantly rehearsing something, you're rehearsing different types of projects, everything from Shakespeare to Chekhov to contemporary pieces uh, to very not experimental Not that Chekhov
0: for our audience. That's but, Anton Oh, yeah, Chekhov, yeah, yeah, right. Anton right. Chekhov. Right. Right.
2: Right. Right. right, right. Exactly. But it made me appreciate that reference
1: very much. Um, <laughs> There's so much back and forth, so much crossover. Yeah, it's really true. Well, I heard I gotta, uh, I, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. James. Well, I was just going to say, I heard an interview yesterday where you were um, sp- talking about having played Macbeth. Yes. And Iago. Yes. So that's training for yes. anything. And then yes. when I was watching the episode last night and thinking, uh, you know, there's just so much out, out, damn spot, you know, yes. with yes. <laughs> what
2: he's doing. I know, right? For, yeah, they really did that uh, was augment that.
1: So intense. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm sure your training went a long way and you can really yeah. see who you are as an actor and the commitment that you have. Just just to just a call to excellence in your physicality and your voice and obviously learning klingon and knowing <laughs> all of all knowing what you're saying and what you're meaning yes of even though you're learning it phonetically what a huge of- amount of of time and and heart
2: definitely a lot of time and energy but we are really lucky to have such a great support team our Robin Stewart is our translator and she speaks Klingon fluently and uh, dresses up as a Klingon is part of the larger Klingon community that I've been lucky enough to get to know this past year Um, so she gets the scripts in English and translates them um, and then Uh, Rhea Nolan, who is our dialect coach, who is like our the real liaison and incredible, incredible dialect coach overalls done, you know, coached many, many wonderful actors and is just a a overall wonderful human being and a dear friend to me now. That's lovely. Um, But we get back translations. So we get word for word translations, uh, which is very important to me. Uh, Actually, Ken prefers uh, Kenneth Mitchell, who plays Cole and now Cole Shah. Mm -hmm. He prefers to kind of really go for the more phonetic and then finding the meaning within that. And he has a different system. But for me, I like to go sentence by sentence, uh, word by word, uh, find the operative word, again, playing to all my Shakespeare training. Obviously with Shakespeare, I know some of the words, but with Klingon, you don't know any of them. But, uh, you know, Rhea is so good at adapting to whichever actor she's working with in the moment. Oh, cool. So, and she has a, you know, a very big uh, theater background, Shakespeare background. So with with the two of us, we're just a bunch of Shakespeare. It certainly geeks. helps, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we yeah. have two-hour sessions, really drilling. And you know, now we just know what our system is, which is so great, right? Um, but we really found it. You know, we had to for the fourth episode of last season, the big uh, which is a very big episode. Yeah, for you. yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, not only was it my first big, you know, introduction of the character, but then again, all of that within Klingon speech. Yeah. So we really kind of just had to learn in the moment. Uh, But luckily, yeah, from that have developed such a great system and that came back to just even working with a dialect coach. I'm so used to um, at school, it was all um, having a voice and speech teacher in the room, having an Alexander Technique teacher in the room, plus the director, plus I'm so used to getting multiple notes from various sources and kind of how you integrate them and still make it your own interpretation. I mean, those are the skills that I value the most from my training is just how. I own my own talent within so many different opinions, and certainly so with well said. yeah, with the with the yeah. prosthetics too. It's like between every take, there's some sort of touch up that has to be done. Whether yeah. it's someone sticking you know glue in my mouth or <laughs> right. you know putting eye drops in my eyes, how do you stay centered? Re airbrushing you the whole oh, thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a constant. You just have to be so centered in your core. And Alexander Technique has been a huge help. That's fantastic. Uh, for me. But do yeah. your dialogue so
0: coaches uh, speak uh, Klingon with a Canadian accent? Yeah, that yeah, must yeah, Really throw you.
1: Yeah, Not, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I, 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 Can Google translate translate Klingon now? Right. I mean, you yeah. must
1: be the most polite yeah. Klingons ever, <laughs> right? I'm sorry, but I kill you now. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> So sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. It's yeah.
0: still uh, wicked cool. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I do. I love. it it's been, It has been fun getting to be in Toronto and be with. The, I do. I have a soft spot for Canada now, in a way. I mean, I hadn't been there, so I didn't know how much I'd love it until I was there. It's super fun shooting yeah. there, yeah, isn't Toronto's it? It's a great, great. community. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I imagine when you're preparing, when you first get the role... You know, people think, oh, do you immerse yourself in the history of Klingon culture? Mm-hmm. But it's really Shakespeare. And, of course, you came yeah. so prepared to understand Shakespearean mm-hmm. drama. Uh, what was it like when you first—well, let, let's actually go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I assume, you know, your agent got this on breakdowns. You went to audition, right? <laughs> yeah, I was going right? to ask and... What was that like yeah. for you? And, you know, uh, you, you, when you first read about this role and you mm-hmm. were going in, and how did you prepare and what was that process like?
1: Did you even know it was Trek? It's it's uh, no well it's
2: it's a whole very very elaborate story, um, but the, the, the core of it is um, that I had um, I had <laughs> uh, I had graduated from Juilliard in 2015, and uh, sh- soon thereafter I did this production of Othello. Uh, this will lead back to track. I promise you. <laughs> okay. uh, I did an all-female production of Othello um, for Harlem Shakespeare Festival that fall, and simultaneously also started uh, participating in a workshop for a one-woman show about Carson McCullers, the uh, Southern Gothic writer uh, that Suzanne Vega uh, has written, and some of the, with songs in collaboration with Duncan Sheik it will lead back to klingons i promise <laughs> i don't know okay. i want to see oh, yeah, that yeah, i yeah, think she's yeah. the it's it's like it's <laughs> a, a really <laughs> leading with some interesting stuff it's great um, though it's history and- but so that was when i was in new york and uh, but after i did the othello i decided i really wanted to move back to la um, i grew up here right right in the valley and um, I, when I came back, I'd been in New York for four years and felt like I'd really come into my own and knew I was still growing, of course, but just felt more like an adult. And every time I came back to LA, I felt like I was still in high school a little bit. Mm. I was like, I don't know, I really like LA. I wanna feel like the person I've become in New York here. Mm. So I ended up moving back to LA that January. And as it turned out, the Carson McCullers uh, workshop continued and ultimately had a two week run here in LA. And the right people saw it, honestly. And um, strangely, playing a heartbroken, sickly Southern gal. Wow. Uh, (laughs) uh, I I think ultimately the gift of that show, and I knew that at the time, I didn't know it was going to lead to this, but it was two hours of me on stage uh living life. I mean it was still a workshop. I had the, you know, script in front of me, but I knew it pretty well at that point because we'd workshopped it. I was singing. I was, you know, going through a woman's life. I played her at twenty three and then the second act I play her at fifty. Um and really on her deathbed in the second act. And um wow. CBS had also seen my showcase um at Juilliard. Interesting. Um, and so they were aware of me. And at the time the real uh thing is that um Laurel was not um intended to be the role that she uh, ended up being, really? In the first two episodes,, uh, that was basically the the idea. We need this archetype. Uh, for for the new uh, look of the female and male Klingons, uh, we we joked when I came in. You know, I am very tall. I'm six feet, and um, I have angular features. And uh, then again, my resume. I have the Shakespeare training. It was just kind of this ideal candidate uh, to be the to the template.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm. Also inspired somewhat by Captain Phasma in the new Star Wars films. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you have more in...
0: dialogue than yeah. her, though. Yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right.
2: Well, ultimately, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that was the thing was in those. First two episodes, I'm kind of there. It was just this cool way to have a woman on the ship who uh, had a rank that wasn't often seen uh, for female Klingons in the past. Yeah. Um, and then, um, as it turned out, they were just they they saw my capability. And then the gift of that fourth episode that I talked about earlier was they they were they trusted me enough to give me those scenes. And within that episode, um, you know, Shazad and I found this relationship between Voke and Laurel um, we did know that um, they would, that Laurel was going to be the one to kind of come up with the plan. Okay. They knew they knew from the get-go that that was the big switch, that Tyler was going. So they knew that was there, and they knew they needed someone to come up with the plan. Right. So And Takuma was dead, so... Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> fantastic. So there, there I go. was. Yeah. So from that, um, the character just continued to develop. I remember, and uh, much thanks to Shazad and um, Tunde, our director, who's our producing director as well, who directed uh, episode three, Point of Light, as well. Right. Which was like yeah. a whole fun sort of reunion in that way. Um, but he allowed uh, Voke and Laurel to find each other. There wasn't an uh, explicit romance ever written, um, but it came what, later, it, yeah, wow. yeah, it was. It was through you know. I, I joke there was one moment um, where I'm convincing him to go over the Shenzhou, and I, I just gotten lady hands. My hands in the first two episodes were these giant sausage fingers. I've noticed that, your lady
1: yeah, hands, yes. Yeah, they, yeah, get, they yeah. get more they and more do, don't they? As The hair they were the lady dressed. hands, yeah. exactly.
2: um and so I was, must have been difficult. As a, yeah. As yeah. related yeah. to being mother.
1: But yeah, exactly. It, but I digress, yeah. go on.
2: But it was really funny because I was so excited to be able to use it, and our outfits in the fourth episode were more flexible. Yeah. And so Tunde just, uh, he said, I know you're convincing him, but make it a little more like flirty. I don't know. And I was like, oh, okay. And so of course, then I like put my hand on his chest and that just started percolating. And I remember it was that Monday uh, that we filmed. Uh, we filmed that scene and then we filmed the scene uh, where we arrive back on on the sarcophagus and Cole has uh, uh, d- laid out all the food and basically commandeered our ship. Right. And the betrayal was like really painful like I felt so bad for even though it was a bait and switch like I wasn't really betraying Vogue I felt so bad about it and when I got home that night you know you're all gross and you've just been you know sweaty all day I have a hot towel and then I take a hot shower I remember getting out of the shower and just like crying because I realized that that was the story we hadn't yet filmed the dilithium processor scene which is hilariously our most romantic scene in that episode Um, and the scene where I come back for him at the end Yeah. and I realized the potential of this relationship and you you know, I, I, I didn't know what they were really seeing or what they felt, but I knew for me that was the story that I was interested in. Mm. And from that, you know, we really, you know, came into those scenes, you know, Shazad felt similarly and we just found it. Um, and the dilithium processor scene was actually the last scene we filmed of that episode, and it was this very sweet mm-hmm. moment because the crew, you know, they don't speak Klingon, but they're watching us kind of find it, and you can see that the chemistry is happening. And I remember we we're all kind of sad in a certain way because we knew he was about to go become a human. Shazad wasn't sad; he was happy to get out of the prosthetics. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, he loved Vok, but. Nice to nice to be free yeah, of that as well. Definitely. He's yeah, Definitely, got... Shazad
0: played Vogue. I thought yeah. it was yeah, yeah, the no. guy on IMDb. I right, know. right, well, the, yeah, Shazad. Exactly, the man who never I mean, was. Yeah, uh, right, Johnny
1: right, Big ball, and okay. Shazad has it. a Shazad Shazad has a decent face. Let's just yeah. say, yeah, so yeah, let's he should say, show it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I do appreciate it. Yeah. Um
2: but yeah, so I mean, this is a very long-winded answer, but no, it looks I good. I really I uh, that will always be near and dear to my heart because that was I remember coming back to L. A between four and five and sitting down with the writer's room and getting a sense like it was this moment of like, oh, this can work in this capacity. And that's when what ended up being the general trajectory of the first season with Laurel and Tyler started to come to fruition. There were a lot of nuances that um, changed and the chancellorship was something I didn't know about until um, they we had a little sort of like powwow, with the general like breakdown outline of the finale. Um, so right. I didn't know that's exactly where Laurel was headed. Right. I knew when I said, you know, I like to live in the shadows and work behind other people. I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. this girl needs to learn how to be a leader. Um, but yeah, so yeah, <laughs> again, but that, you know, so when I talk about my casting story, it's a little funny because I felt like I was kind of constantly auditioning in a lot of ways. Yeah. And luckily proving my worth and and I'm grateful to the entire producing creative team for recognizing what i could do and pushing me to do things i never thought i was capable of and mm. you know continue to do so so your that journey history of
0: star trek taste though people who come on as a day player or you know maybe for one or two right. who suddenly yeah, yeah. they impress yeah. the powers that be and then the role becomes more yeah. and more substantial yeah. over time so it's
1: just amazing how that can happen and how it's wonderful that the writers and writer producers yeah. Look and see what's happening on screen and go, oh, yeah, we can go there with this. Totally. So, and that's a lot of what happened with me. Yeah, and yeah. So my next question is, yeah. did they know this arc before they wrote it or did was it, were they still developing what would happen in the season finale in the chancellorship? Do you know if that yeah. came about organically during the first season writing or? Yeah, or, it, yeah. Or that, that really did come about organically. Very
2: organically. Wow. I don't know the exact, you know, I know when I was informed of certain things, so I don't know when things started to really be right. discussed. But yeah, that I would say that it was around episode five where that was, it was, again, starting to be the most fleshed out and then, and yeah, I don't know when the 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 first, I, I wonder the first
1: moment that someone was like, what if she became the chancellor? I know, yeah. <laughs> but it's wonderful to know that that happened after you were cast and as you yeah. saw the journey yeah. that Larelle L- is on. And, mm-hmm you said in in uh, well I was listening to a lot of interviews and I, oh, I just I'm, I love I hearing you your research <laughs> no it's so true it's so true I, I just I think the the world of you I think your your character and the way I've seen you interact with fans and interact oh, with the franchise you. it's just beautiful mm. and um so one of the things you were saying is that someone asked you what's your favorite thing about Laurel mm. and you said her intelligence I think right mm-hmm. and and the then the, you said followed by her heart. Yeah. And the, before you said her heart, I was going to say what well, my favorite thing is, uh, uh, yeah. if I get to have one, yeah, is you is did. your <laughs> you tender, your tenderness mm. is so beautiful and so outside the box for any Klingon we've ever mm. seen except for a few moments from Worf. Mm-hmm. And, and just, it's so striking as opposed to obviously every other Klingon yeah. and your visuals. And then mm. when you go back to ferocious Klingon, right? Like on a dime. Totally. Tell me about all of yeah. bringing those colors in. The way yeah. you look at Vogue mm. and Tyler yeah. <laughs> is just so so stunning. Your your vulnerability in your eyes, mm. and there's a gentleness in her. Tell me about all the colors and how much fun that is
2: well thank you and I really it is very moving and and humbling to me to hear you say that because that was so my goal and that's always been you know as an actor you feel like you have a certain calling there's like okay this is what I've got yeah what I'm passionate about and I joke in in uh, eighth grade I was in a musical theater program and we do two shows a year you do sound and music and um Uh, We Sound of Music and Beauty and the Beast, and I auditioned for Maria and Belle, and I got cast as the Baroness in Sound (sighs) of Music, and my mom was like the only tall one. Yeah, whatever. yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sorry, and 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 I think that in you know I ended up having the time of my life because I got to wear these fabulous outfits. I got to be heartbroken. You know, I got to have so many great, interesting scenes. Um, and from that point on, and I was lucky enough to see Wicked also when I was in seventh grade, mm. and to see someone that I identified with so deeply be the protagonist of a story. Oh, mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it just it, yeah, it, it I could it, see that it, I you know at the time I was excited. Yeah, I'd love to play Alphaba. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. Are <laughs> yes. looking? Yeah, totally down. I know the musical by heart. I actually worked at the Pentageous for a summer, and uh, when it was there as an and I uh watched the show every night and memorized it. I mean I'm a little rusty now, but
0: it was just back at the Pantages, I know! and it was great. Oh was, I mean, it was like the second time I, I think yeah. I saw it, you know, and it was it was fantastic. What I do it's love is that well, mm-hmm.
2: it's so great to see, you know, so many of the uh, performers that are in the show now our people that grew up with it were inspired by it and they're getting to fulfill that dream, which yeah. is like super beautiful. Um, but so having those archetypes, having Alphaba, having the Baroness, realizing how much I enjoyed that, I really felt, you know, more and more that part of my, um, um job as an artist part of my mission <laughs> as an artist was to give heart and vulnerability to characters that could easily be one dimensional yeah um and i've always loved villains you know they're some of my favorite so, characters so much more fun anyway yeah it's just you yeah. know and i think a, a well fleshed out villain yeah. is so great because they're so in- integral to the plot obviously mm-hmm. you know the antagonist shows the protagonist you know what they could easily be. I think that that's kind of the best villain and I thought that was you know, beautifully showcased recently with Black Panther that when when it's that nuanced, when you mm-hmm. see um, someone who's actually responding to things that are wrong, but just taking a different, response or one that's a little bit more abrasive or a little bit more, you mm-hmm. know, just contra- controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, it allows the hero to really evaluate why they've chosen a different path.
1: Right. And and so, yet it's on you as, yeah. as the quote unquote villain yeah. to make everything you do completely understandable completely we you have our empathy yes you know we we don't hate you for you know for for this so i guess that would bring us to the greatest star trek klingon of all
0: time for the sound of music
1: christopher Plummer.
0: Oh well, no, indeed. that's another podcast. Oh that's isn't another it? yeah yeah. Yeah, but you know, do, yeah. the great Christopher Plummer played yes. a Klingon. So if yeah. it's good enough for Christopher Plummer. There's the whole circle Plummer.
1: of well, And I sound wanted music. to ask
0: you yeah. that, you know, specifically because we talked about how Shakespearean all of this yeah. drawn with the, the the houses and the yeah. kings and queens even though yeah. they're not literally kings and queens. Yeah. But um how much in terms of uh, uh, fictional history of Star Trek did you delve into? I know a lot oh, of people yeah. like to only find what's on the page right. and what happened before is, is sort of not important. Did you go back and look at Star mm. Trek? Was it something All you All 500 were...
1: episodes? Yeah, I, I'm period not period of time, saying
0: doing a deep but, dive, but certainly right. there's these seminal— episodes dealing with the Klingons was that relevant to you creating your character at all Uh,
2: absolutely and that's why you know I recognize that with with Chase saying that she had like looked up interviews with me like I that is you're my soul sister in that way because I what I did do is I I can say that I've watched every Klingon centric episode in in every iteration I found the comprehensive uh List on Wikipedia, on the <laughs> Wikia page, you know, the specific Star Trek one. Um, luckily, you know, and Klingons are, you know, heavily featured throughout various series, you know, and then really, you know, aside from Worf being in every, you know, next generation, but particularly a lot of the exploration in Deep Space Nine, uh, they really dive in a lot there. Um So, yeah, that was I I just when I am given a task, I want to immerse myself in research. And I knew since there were so many departures that we were going to make riffs and and kind of, you know, own interpretations. I prefer to make my controversial decisions based on what I know. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't uh, I I, I think I I mean, (laughs) this is like my like just kind of overall actor opinion. But I think oftentimes you can you can uh, trick yourself out of work by saying, "Oh no, I'm just going to do it my my way," as opposed to, "Why not be informed about what's out there and then trust that you're not going to try and replicate someone else's performance mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I'm that way with Shakespeare, too. I like to watch right. every iteration possible because I know I'm not going to do it that way. Right. Uh, there might be little things I borrow, but it's still going to be my own. So that was very much how I went about the whole thing well, as theater actors, we do
1: our homework. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I, it's true. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's
0: certain people who say, I'm not going to watch anything. I'm just right. going to interpret it. And what I've, I've I heard I that move.
1: from a lot of people, but I think, you know, you know where you can draw your boundary and go. I'm my own yeah. Laurel. Nobody yeah. else is gonna, you know, they're not gonna influence yeah. me to that. So wow. <laughs> so <laughs> point much. of light. So All right. Your, so there's so, so much to talk like, about. Wow, there's content, so much. Do you, need, you know, huh?
0: do you need a tranquilizer? No I mean, no I'm would, just
1: I'm just I am just i am getting to the to the uh because be we we have like only, you know, like forty five minutes for, for the whole thing and oh, I man. could talk to you for hours, but I, I want to get to point of light. Yes. So blah. How did you feel? You, you talked about how how you felt when you when you got the script. In terms yes. of moving through this episode, mm-hmm. y- there is so many there are so many important statements in this episode, mm-hmm. and so much to say about women and yes. our quote unquote place you're mm-hmm. within the Klingon yeah, I mean, empire, um, the patriarchy, the, yeah. the hy- hypocrisy, mm-hmm. and and yet. So beautifully, you get the final word, Yeah, call me mother. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, talk me through your feelings and your experience in shooting this episode Mm -hmm. and the empowerment. And as a, I'm asking you 15 questions at once, but as a woman who is, you know, uh, gosh! Fairly recently, out of out of grad mm-hmm. school, at an incredible place, obviously, but still in the in terms of beginning your career and yes. stepping into this ownership yeah. of one of the grand tenets of all time, mm-hmm. of one of the greatest franchises of all time, mm-hmm. that's a big deal yeah. for a 25 year old, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you prepare yourself for this and and yeah. go? You know, yes, it's your turn, Mary. Yeah. It's it, and just stand there and say it's my term, at turn and I can have everything they're handing to me and still bring the vulnerability of knowing. Sorry, I'm going on here, but knowing that the Klingons aren't letting you have everything. Yes. They're they're not letting you have your child. Yes. And your love. Yes. So all of that.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll I'll start with yeah that final moment. I think kind of starting with that and then reverberating from there, but. Uh, Yes, certainly reading that speech. I was very moved. It's so archetypal. That's a term I've been using a lot this week. I've been talking about this episode is it's so I mean, I drew a lot of inspiration from Antigone and Medea last year and then Medea even more this year. Mm. um, And then Queen Elizabeth the first, you know, the Virgin Queen, what the sacrifices that she had to make. And she's one of the most, you know, um, talked about examples but i think it's something that we just see time and time again and i think we'd see more if we were better at documenting uh female leaders in history i mean yeah i reference hubchetsu who was this female pharaoh yeah. um whose images were literally destroyed after she died be- by someone they still don't know who it was probably <laughs> a spurned uncle or something but wow. um you know i just think there are a lot of women throughout time who have risen To power. And I think that's something that, you know, is interesting with Laurel. Why does no one talk about Chancellor Laurel in the future? Being a prequel, we have this Mm. interesting sort of Mm. question of like, did the historians just decide to forget her, even though she ended up, you know, doing so much good that she is trying to unify? She created the D7. No one talks about the fact that Laurel, you know, now now that it, you know. So loving that. But specifically with the speech, that's, you know, it's intense. And I do, you know, With time, I think, uh, you know, having however much time talking about the baby is very important to me because I really talked with Tunde a lot about the choreography and the blocking of that moment of the head. At this point, I am conveying this is the traitor you know, this is this terrible person, so I'm going to throw that in a way. But the baby head is such a different relationship. it goes
1: in the crowd. Oh, my God, Yeah, chills. Yeah,
2: Yeah, the invocation for me, it was very much, and I feel that way about Medea. She does not do that because... She just, you know, she doesn't arbitrarily go, oh, I'm just going to kill my kids to get revenge. It's like, <sighs> no, she does it because it's what she has to do. And I think it's this uh, an extreme example of what many women feel like they have to do in 2019 and, and the years preceding is like cut off their vulnerabilities to negate their vulnerabilities. And, um, you know, I see all mythology, which I believe Trek and sci-fi is, to be this way for us to process this stuff in an extreme way. And particularly the the Klingon Empire is this great way, like Starfleet is this ideal. That's the other thing I keep talking about. Starfleet is where we aspire to be. The Klingon Empire is still Mm. dealing with a lot of stuff that we are seeing today. Right. Um, And so I really felt, again, as an artist, being able to channel and and be this vessel for this character, that's part of my job in being service to this story. That I get to be that while well, we get to see all these great, you know, we get to see the joy of Tilly and the power of Burnham. And, you know, so I mean, Cornwall, luckily, I mean, it's just surplus. Even more women this season that are getting yeah. introduced. It's magical and wonderful.
1: Incredible and well rounded oh. women who. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so
2: to be this sort of flawed. Interesting complex character and then speaking to also having Emperor O, who's probably the only woman who's got the closest sort of experience to what Laurel's going through having to maintain a large empire uh, yeah. with people who are less than trustworthy for the most part yeah um and the fact that she gives me the adv- advice that she does and the fact that it's a great moment where laurel's actually really the vulnerable one in that scene like yeah like she's like i don't want to do this and <laughs> joe's like well that's how you're gonna assert your power and you know luckily i like that they compromise that she doesn't actually have to kill right. them. Right. Which, you know, I'm glad right. that reveal ha- comes shortly thereafter. What, what do you
1: think, if, what what if that wasn't, I mean, yeah. just going back to that moment. Yeah. That's Yeah, if she actually had to Obviously just horrific and a, yeah. a sense of a Sophie's Choice kind of moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: Having to, in, regardless of whether they're actually dead, she's made a commitment to never see them again, you know. It's, you yeah. know. And um, I do think that's something that a lot of Women feel they have to do, and women have done. Um, yeah, it is very emotional choice making that you know, has no
1: basis in reality. I mean, the Klingons don't yeah. have any solid case for you not keeping right the baby. It's just no. We yeah, can't. It, 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 yeah, it, they it,
2: don't. It's yeah, it's 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 you know that it, it, you know that it's possible that it can be used against you, and and then I I say like the hope for me though is like yes, it is reflective of 2019 in a lot of ways and how people feel. Um, but I also say that there's so much to contradict that and that we I have so much hope. And I say Senequa is the perfect example who has a beautiful child with her beautiful husband, both named Kenrick, and um, she leads with such love. And I know we, our whole cast talks about it all the time, but it's just so true. The reason we always come back to that is she has built this incredible ensemble because she is a true giving soul and she sees us. She says that a lot. She's like, I see you and it's really profound. And so I have a lot of faith that there are more and more people like Senequa yeah. that are going to be taking charge. Yes. And I can't wait for that to just keep happening. Yes. Um but again I think we need stories like Laurel's to realize what we don't want. What we don't want anyone to have to go through, male or female. No one should have to kill the the people that they love the most. Because regardless of the complexities of the tyler Lorel relationship, they have a deep, you know, respect and love for each other ultimately. Right. And, you know, it's... You She's yeah. completely isolated now, which yeah. is pretty tragic. And, and you you no articulate one should
0: to... your character um, uh, motivation so well. I'm curious. You, you mentioned after the fourth episode last season, yeah. you went into the writer's room, spent some time uh, with the writers, which is interesting because generally I find that we'll meet with the actors at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Generally during the season, it's too crazy mm-hmm. other than you know, you're getting angry phone calls from the set. <laughs> um, so it, my, my question is at the beginning of this second season yeah. with the, obviously Alex taking a more... Mm-hmm. Uh, a stronger role as yes. the showrunner and with all the changes did you spend any time in the writers room and with Alex mm-hmm. and with Heather and with everybody to sort of articulate some of the things you had been thinking or uh, you know of the character about the character
2: I would say it's it's much more, I, I, in, a, in a good way, an instinctual conversation. We haven't, uh, uh, there hasn't been much of a, you know, these are my ideas and these are your ideas or anything like that. But something that I think we really, you know, again, from when we have interacted and during last season, was it was just very apparent who this character could be for our story. And Alex has made it very clear of, you know, what that archetype means uh, to him. And you know the importance of keeping her empowered, but also empathetic. You know, so that's been generally. It's it hasn't been. It's too specific. I wasn't like I don't think I should have a baby or anything like that. But I, I have felt and, and from Heather too, and and the whole Secret Hideout team, a deep deep uh, respect. Uh, for both, you know, the challenges of playing a complex character, but also the challenges of being in prosthetics yeah, and yeah. you know the long hmm. hours. And again, Tunde is another, you know, as our producing director, he's on the ground, so a really great resource who I know is in direct communication with everyone.
1: Gorgeous work he's um, doing. Oh, and episode right? four that he did last season. Yeah. And then did he do ten? No, wait, that 13. was thirteen. Yeah, he did thirteen 10 was breaks, but Frakes, thirteen right.
2: epic mirror universe getting out of there. Oh, right, yeah, that's right. With that huge yeah. fight. Yeah, Tunde is a very very special individual and I'm so grateful that he's you know getting more and more recognition for all the hard work he's doing because that's the thing he's on the ground just constantly you know having to like during this episode having to approve stuff for the next episode like make sure Saru's prosthetic is good while he's filming our fight scene you know right right and yet maintains this amazing calm you know, enthusiastic energy. Yeah. yeah. like Frakes has a real yeah. sense of well, a, an incredible. energy is
0: unbelievable.
1: Yeah. He's,
2: he's, I mean, uh, adore him. And the sense
1: of the technical him. besides the yes. working and in, in addition to the working with actors, yes. which uh, Tunde seems so beautifully yeah. uh, skilled at. It's um, so funny. And Jonathan. I
0: remember vividly, you, we were all having dinner in Portland shooting librarians and it was right when it was announced that Brian was doing the, the show. And You know, and Jonathan's like, oh, man, I'd really love to do an episode of that show one day, but nobody's called me. (laughs) And then here he is, all these, you know, now he's done a bunch of episodes of some very fine work and just such a delight, brings such an energy. But it also reminds me what you know you guys are doing an away game you're you know unlike the other Star Trek shows which shot here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. you're up in Toronto far yes. away from your families and from everything else yeah. and yet you've really bonded which hasn't been the case with all the Star Trek guests right. oh yeah. my God. <laughs> clearly but <laughs> no, it's the same see. yeah I... as next generation where mm. they're still friends after yeah. all these years I mean the hype the hyperbole that yeah. you know you put the PR is all true when it comes to yes. them it's and beautiful. with you guys it seems to be the case too
2: it's it really it really is a hundred percent, and I uh, it's been such a gift for me um with the conventions because I get to hang with everybody out of prosthetics because on the days that I'm working, I have to be pretty isolated, just like Laurel in in the story, you know, i I can't laugh in my prosthetic. I can't, you know, my lunch times or my nap times. Mm. So the times I really get to hang out, thank goodness Senequa also organizes game nights and we have dinners and, you know, on certain like for point of light, you know, it was me and Ken and Shazad and we're like buddies and it's like totally my like fifth grade tomboy dreams. I'm like one of the boys. Oh, and that's like the we best. go out in Toronto and I'm like, hey! I'm like I, I say I'm like in the uh, I'm like the kid sister who's like, hey guys, are we gonna go out? tonight That's so great you great. also don't get yeah. recognized yeah. because you're in prosthetics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know yeah. it's like, right. oh hey, it's Jason it's
0: it's, it's it's Shazad right. Isaacs everybody yeah. right. Right. knows, right? Yeah. The are guy from Harry Potter and Discovery. Yeah. Right, Jason, yeah. yeah. you, you go you're... in and
2: don't yeah. Yeah. Just... yeah, it's usually like if it like there were times where it was like, yeah, me and Ken and Shazad and they'd like see Shazad and they'd be like, hey. And then and then Shazad would kind of be like they're the Klingon, you know, uh, it's like a great sort of thing. Right. But yeah, we really, we have bonded and, and, you know, Mary Wiseman and I were literally in class together at Juilliard. That's so, so great. we spent those grueling hours together, ups and downs all around. Amazing. Uh, very excited. In the very it. same class.
1: Yes. That's so great. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. What, what are a, the
0: odds a, of that?
2: No, right. exactly. We both, and we're both named Mary. Uh, I've played her mother and her sister, <laughs> and wow! But uh, we really have appreciated too that you know, and and Wilson Cruz and I danced together at our mutual friend's wedding when I was nine years old. What? Yeah, like just. Lots of stuff like that across the board. How like did you, you figure that kids, out? We, uh, they told us. We're still at uh, uh, Todd Holland and, and Scotch Ellis Loring. That was their uh, wedding. Oh and my, my mom was friends with, with them and Wilson, you know. Had, so it was, yes. How great is that? So no. lots of stuff. And we just could keep. You know, like you put pair any two or three cast members and they've got all these weird synchronicities. So I think we all just kind of like saw that and trusted that.
1: That's pretty beautiful. And
2: and yeah, and our, our Canadian cast is amazing, too. You know, um, our bridge crew and everyone. They're just it's a really,
1: really special group. And we all really appreciate each other's work. As, right. I can just, see yeah. that and the, the support that is yeah. innate within your cast. I remember yeah. in Destination Star Trek Birmingham when oh, yeah. you guys were in the green room and one by one, uh, you know, someone would come in that yeah. had just flown in yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, hi. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. hugest hugs and hellos. And yeah. we haven't seen you in, you know, I haven't seen you in 24 hours. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. How was your flight? Yeah. Oh, my God, it's been since well, Friday. Talk <laughs> about that
0: for a second. It's, since you both have this very unique experience that about – maybe 100 people have had, you know, mm-hmm. give or take. Yeah. This, this, you know, beloved by hundreds of thousands, if not millions of fans. It's you go crazy. to these conventions, it's a whole nother part. There's no way I think you can be prepared as an actor cast and start people mm-hmm. say, oh, there's conventions, there's yeah. these fans. But you don't really understand it till you're in the mix. And yep, obviously you've you lived this for many, many years. What, what's, it, what's it like, you know, to, to discover... Star Trek, and this, this, and I say crazy in the best sense of the world, but the crazy (laughs) world of Star Trek fans.
1: I, you know, go ahead, Mary. I just, I think that the, the, the more that we can just revel in it and enjoy it, and make sure that there's room for everybody, it's really a beautiful thing. You know, I sense in your cast just a generosity of spirit that is so supportive of each other. And yep. not that our cast didn't have that, but not in the same way that you guys do and not in the same way that Next Gen does. It's yeah. really beautiful to it's, see.
2: Yeah, again, it's something I'm just so, so grateful for. And I think at the core, it's like a lot of us are really geeky in one way or the other. And I think we recognize that, you know, we all have our different passions and um, we want to celebrate people that are excited about what we're doing. And um yeah, I, I I am very moved by it and what's been interesting in my journey with it is obviously Lorella is a very extreme character who looks different from me and while people empathize with her and appreciate her um, they don't know who I am and they don't know how soft and squishy I am even more than Lorella. Yeah, you know that's that, true that, yeah and yeah. so it's been really fun for me I've been I have I've built some beautiful relationships um, with people women and men across the globe uh who are passionate about the show and um it's just great to be able to to talk about my opinions. Like the fact that I'm sitting here now and getting to talk about and unpack this episode that I feel is very, tr- you know, tremendous and, uh, you know, provocative and mm. and something that should be unpacked. You know, so often mm. we, we, we create our art and put it out there and hope someone responds. You can't
0: do that as a guest star on NCIS, yeah, can you? Exactly. you know? Right oh, on, not right? The, <laughs> not the same
2: way. Yeah, no. not even. And, no. and so the fact that I do get to go to these different foreign countries and be on panels and, and talk about Things that I really believe in. And again, because it's track, because it's it's a platform that is about progress. You know, it's about all of the issues that I believe in. Mm -hmm. It would be a real letdown if I were having to do all these panels about themes that I genuinely didn't think were good. And with this, I, I just across the board, it's like it's all about what I'm about. And yeah. I joke, too, you know, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a geek and a nerd and I wrote a lot of essays in high school and, you know, like uh, I'm getting to kind of like unpack and, and re-release so many of these essays I wrote, you know, bit, bits and pieces and tenets of that. So it's lovely. And 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 yeah, I've, I've had some very, very moving moments already with people who've responded to the story and the character and. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I just keep coming back to the fact that the fact that I have any position within this story is
1: remarkable. It's so great, isn't it? It's so beautiful. It's great to see the fans also just really appreciating it wholeheartedly. You brought the house down every (laughs) time I've seen you. And... You know, on the cruise when you yeah. sang, with, <laughs> I, and I noticed the 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 first line of your bio on IMDb says yeah. "Triple Threat," yeah, Mary yeah, 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 yeah. and it's you know it's just great. You know, trained actors deserve mm. these great jobs, and it's really thank great that you. a lot of us in Trek did you know yeah well, did have a do have a lot of training the
0: bully pulpit that just, you've had against anti-bullying. Well, thank you. Know, you know, I mean, yeah. you've used your celebrity yeah. in Thanks. a really important Thanks. way. Yep. To speak out and 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 I see that already starting to happen with the Discovery Cast and yeah. that is yes. fantastic.
2: Totally, it's really true. It's you, you like I say a platform. Absolutely. It's a it's a tremendous platform to really and it's allowed me to also evaluate what I do want to put in the world. You know yeah. and and you know Laurel is such an incredible character to explore, but it also makes me realize there's so many other characters of similar and different you know, aspects that I, I'm like, oh, then now's my time to flesh it out. And and how how can I um, become, you know, my own best advocate and, you know. Right. Realizing, and other Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As a role model. Yeah. And and certainly, you know, talking about the height, um, I have had many, many people Um, tall women, uh, you know, really give me a shout out and and appreciate it. I mean, for me, it's been Gwendolyn Christie, who owns her height and her size in such a remarkable way. I've been told multiple times, oh, well, they'll hide your height really well. No, and I was like, I don't only
0: know. if as you're working actor? with Tom Cruise. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: But it's funny because, like, the idea of hiding as an actor is like, ah, I don't no, know. No, that's
1: not right. <laughs> that's not right.
2: Um, <laughs> but so to to be that for someone is is really exciting too.
1: It is so exciting, yeah. and you know, a lot of times when people ask us, you know, what so what do you think of the Discovery cast? What are yeah. they like? And I go back to, you know, the moments that I met you guys backstage and that everyone is just so genuinely lovely. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I, I really always say is they, they know beautifully. They know what they've got. Mm-hmm. They know what they have been entrusted with. Mm-hmm. And they're taking really good care of it, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the appreciation for the legacy yes. and for the fans and for the stories and the really genuinely wanting to tell those stories, mm-hmm. not just that they want to have a job on a big franchise, and right. get their paycheck and spend more time in, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it. you see that a, a fair amount. And really, yeah. it's beautiful. I, I remember so much that you guys were saying on stage in Vegas last year about mm-hmm. the the joy of being part of such a, a social justice narrative. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, based on that, I have to ask the most in question, important question of the podcast. Yes. Okay. Do we call this episode, <laughs> There's Something About Mary, <laughs> Mary, Mary, or Hail to the Chiefo? Do we have... Wow,
1: there's so uh, many. I mean,
0: what are we going to go with?
1: You know, because it's disco nights. We should have a disco song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was going to okay. say she's Play a bad mama-jama. White Boy? That doesn't but, work. No, but I mean, she's so much more than a bad mama She's, She's... I don't know. Oh, that's... Yeah. Macho Man? No, 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 no she's really tender. Macho Mary, no. Do it. She's, she's, she's yeah. so many. She's she's a medley. I, I'm, I'm trying a to think. Medley. I
0: tried to put disco out of my my mind for many years growing up in Brooklyn <laughs> in the Saturday Night <laughs> I Year, I know. But now you're bringing it all back, and I'm just gonna go through my Gees collection and I see what we can come should. up with. I think you
1: should. I think I, you definitely I, should.
2: If I suggest anything, you're just gonna realize that I don't know my disco music. I can't no, it's okay. Good for you. But I do like that's "Hail to the Chiefo." I mean, I have a, a, a you know my handles on everything is is Mary the Chief. Check it out. Mary the Chief on Instagram. On Twitter uh, yeah. and now I've created a I was Facebook going to page. Ask. yes. Um, okay. Just created my Facebook page and I'm going to try and. I ha- Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't need to hear my whole uh, creating a Facebook page story. No, we but- do need to say it again. <laughs> you know, Marry why is the it chief. Difficult? No, it's just, it was something I've been meaning to do because I had a regular Facebook mm-hmm. and. I just kind of petered out of that, and I've been focusing a lot on on Twitter and Instagram. But I've, in doing the conventions, realized how many people are still very active on Facebook, mm-hmm. and particularly Star Trek fans. So um, I wanted to offer that as uh, also a thing. So I did just create it. So it's like a page and Mary the Chief is also the handle. But I kept it simple. All three all three of my handles are Mary the Chief. go. Um, but partly because Chifo Chiefo would be the Italian pronunciation oh. of my name. Um, oh, okay. But it's been very Americanized. It's there are a bunch there was all the male Chifos ended up marrying um Irish women, so it's very Irish Italian uh heritage. Uh Long Island started in Brooklyn. Um <laughs> again we'll tie back but Chifo uh was the way you know they ended up pronouncing it and then in high school my incredible drama teacher Josh Adele I was at Campbell Hall just somewhat near here
1: right uh between and here and Valley in Village Valley, yeah. yes
2: um he calls all of his drama students and all of his students by their last name and we call him Adele and he called me Chifo and you know my friend Remy was Moses <laughs> funnily enough her last name is Moses <laughs> um but it, it was a great way to kind of bridge this gap of like we were still his students, but it made us all on par in an interesting way. And he gave us I mean, he's a huge reason why I really ended up being able to have the confidence to audition for these conservatories and, and know that it was something I owned and appreciated because he gave us full technique and, and he loved picking unexpected plays. And, and you know, but um, I would just love it when we'd be in rehearsal and he'd be like, Chifo! Go over there or something. It just had this great kind of sound. There's an authority
1: to it, yeah. yeah. And
2: then Smash Cut to I get into Juilliard. I get in, and there is another Mary in my class, Mary Wiseman. Oh. And I go, you know what, guys? Uh, you can call me Chifo. I mean, people still call me Mary, but particularly the guys in my class, like Max, uh, who's from Brooklyn, born in born and uh, bred. One of those. Ugh. Uh, he would go Chifo. One of those.
1: Hey, Chifo. You know, Enough Altman.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's it's something that really stuck, and and I do feel it. It fits, you know, my calling. Coming back to that is like there's something about owning owning my power. Yeah. Uh, keeping the vulnerability, not negating that, but just uh, knowing that there is a, a chief within me, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I really do I do appreciate that.
0: How do they pronounce it in Canada? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chief OA? That's,
2: that's, that's, my <laughs> Chief of, that's the know. AD calling but you? It was head? funny, though, because with speaking of like with Canada and, and immigration and there's there's such a closer proximity to a lot of people's heritage because they're like first or second generation in a way that is kind of more distant, um, certainly for Italian Irish heritage here in, in the States. And so a lot of our drivers were first generation italians and so they would say like hey and they asked me like what part of italy and i was like i don't <laughs> know
0: somewhere in italy you'll be doing a convention there one day and you'll yeah. get to go back oh, I do oh that. big time
1: there's two i'll hook you up totally. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, oh i've been i think You're i've been agent. like five times yeah oh yeah oh yeah they you'll take, take some good italian care country of you too yeah, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. i'm half italian oh there yeah we go. yeah 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 so um so good stuff so we are Gosh, we're running out of time. I, I have yep. so many more things I want to ask you, but I, I do want to go back to mm-hmm. the, the final moments in this last episode, yes. and how you're you are coming into your extreme power Mm -hmm. and yet you have this sea of vulnerability in your eyes and Mm. in your past and the vulnerability the the vulnerable parts have been taken from you Mm -hmm. and there's a a bit of a whitewashing that the Klingons have wanted to do and it seems that Laurel is going to have her way in the in Mm -hmm. in the long run Mm -hmm. I I just I I hope I personally hope that we someday see you back with your with your child, yeah. um, and and with with Tyler, Voke, whatever you know. But <laughs> but all of this brings up so many points and mm-hmm. so so much richness in terms of the sacrifices and yeah. the you know what is power and w- what are the risks? What will we do to get it? What's yeah. you know what's important to each person? Yeah. Mm. Uh, without asking, mu- yeah. you know, because I know you can't really say where yeah. where yeah. it goes. <laughs> what are the main points that you? want the audience to come away with. Mm.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I think coming coming away particularly and coming from this episode and 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 you know, yeah, there is there is more to come um, but I will say that it's just important to hear every one side of the story. That's something that I really valued in this episode is getting to hear more of Laurel's side that you mm don't know if someone has just dated a child ex utero when the second half of the season I mean of the first season was uh transpiring, you yeah. know? And that to me was really interesting because I realized how tough Laurel was because I wasn't aware of that as the actor, but it but in a certain way it made me look back in retrospect and go, Oh, she's a tough lady. Like she is committed to her cause. And the I, moment when you, know, you said
1: it won't know it won't yeah, know me. Yeah. And and Tyler says it won't know me either. Yeah. And then when you go forth, and I just think that the tenderness is beautiful, oh, and the strength you. in both directions. Anyway, yeah. I, I digress. Yeah, go you on. Go,
2: I, and I do. It's like it's it, it's very affirming. You know, you you try and do stuff. So when it is seen and recognized, yeah. I, I definitely yeah. appreciate it. So. It's all in your <laughs> eyes. It's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I really do feel that. Um, That is part of my huge mission in life now and more and more every day is to allow our audience to have empathy for unexpected characters or, you know, and I I think, you know, some people are always going to have an idea. There are some people, you know, most of the people I've talked to have your sort of you know, response and recognition of the, of the nuance. But, you know, some people still want to view her as, an, as a certain type of villain. And I just hope that some people who are maybe unconvinced in the first season, now that they hear a little bit more, have seen a little bit more scene that she recognizes also was important to me that she had a moment of recognition with Tyler expressing to her the, that he felt still violated when she touched him. And that was, you know, very important to me that she recognized that. And, you didn't go like, oh, it's fine. Like that, she said, oh, no, I'm not going to. That's, and that's on her because this was her choice. This was her idea,
1: this experiment. Yes. You know, and so. um, That's in my notes to talk with you about when I say, uh, (laughs) right here, it's on page two. It says, when he says it feels like a violation uh, to Tyler, you let go of his hands immediately. Yeah. You don't protest. No. You don't say, but, but, or or pile it on. You immediately back off and obviously whether that's uh, out of out of your own pain or your own uh, sorry like uh, whatever it is it's a sensitive thing yes incredibly and so very un-Klingon
2: Yes, like. Yes, and I think that that's, you know, what I really do appreciate. And I think all good leaders, and, and coming back to what I hope people take from this, is that a good leader is someone who maybe, you know, she's still Klingon. She is part of this empire. She holds certain Klingon beliefs that would not align with a lot of Federation standards. And yet what makes her a good leader is that she is collaborative. She listens. She is intelligent. She has a heart. Imagine um, that. That's I in know. such short supply these I days. I know. and I do think that that's really an important lesson you know and again it makes you know neither side uh, good or bad I mean they both and I I appreciated that the exploration of the Mirror universe last year because there was this buildup of the Klingons are the enemy. And then you go to this universe like, oh, and we kind of are too. Like this is who we don't. Yeah. And then when they come back and they realize that, Let's you know, turn it around somewhat and- devolving into that, like we the recognition that, you know, yeah. Burnham really brings about it. that's not who we want to become. We've Let's seen it. Let's look that. in the mirror. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Lorel gets to 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 embody that in a lot of really beautiful ways. Um, but yeah I, I mean yeah true leadership true collaboration uh, can exist and can be recognized um, yeah. something that um, sadly for time was cut in the finale in the moment where Burnham gives me the detonator uh, Georgio's like you really want to give this to your enemy and she said today she is not my enemy and looked at me and yeah. then I end up after Vogue speaks to her Tyler speaks to me as Vogue. um, I end up saying to her in Klingon, today she is not my enemy. But you know, that's still the essence of what happens in that scene. And um, uh, through heartbreak, these women bring about peace uh, instead of having a silly cat fight. Yeah, I meant to touch on that too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so I think, you know, I think that that's just really, really an important part of, of this story and this journey. Um, and I'm just glad that, again, Lorella gets to be one of the many different journeys of, of characters in this story. I mean, if anything, like we said, we're such a strong cast. It's such an incredible ensemble. Mm-hmm. No one ever... Gets to have enough time, you know. It's like as I'm enjoying getting to have my moment, I'm thinking, "Oh, but I really want to know about so and so's plot." You mm. know, there's just so much to unpack and just flesh as out.
1: and and Tyler were watching yeah. your scene, yeah. you had said and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, how yeah. supportive and beautiful. And um, I remember yeah. a few moments like that on, yeah, uh, yeah. but but th- those don't happen often enough, and that's beautiful that they're happening with you guys. Totally. Yeah, and just one more thing I want to yeah. say: I part of what I love about your storyline and just the Klingons in general, but really yours is. We're de-otherizing the other. Mm-hmm. And so much of what's happening societally in yeah. this country and even globally is so much other. Mm-hmm. And when you come to know someone, you can't hate them. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I like to say is, is there is no them. There is only us. Mm-hmm. If you get to know someone and their humanity... You realize yeah. that we are all just the well, same. Well, that's in the that DNA we... of
0: Star Trek, and one of yeah. the most important messages, yeah. which is not to fear. You know, it's it's against xenophobia, not to feel the other. I mean, you look back to you know the beginning of Star Trek, where Captain Kirk refuses to kill the Gorn, even though he's tried to kill him. You know, yeah. it, it goes on in, in, in again in the DNA of every Star Trek series. It's so important, such an important message, and that's why when I see you know conservatives who embrace Star Trek, I'm like, what are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, wait, what? Not... Wait,
1: how could you even love this show? Yeah. if you voted. For for Trump, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, though, really. It's so
0: funny because we get these things. It's like, oh, you know, don't talk about politics in the podcast. Pod, you know, politics yeah. is such an important part of life. And, yeah, yeah. And, and one of the reasons we love Star Trek is yes. because of the message and the politics of Star yes, Trek. Yes, yeah.
1: and I'm a human first, not an actor <laughs> first, not a yeah. podcast host first. I'm a human first, and we need to say what you know. We live such lives of privilege, but other people don't, and it's so important to keep realizing, yeah, w- you know, what we have and what other people don't and to stand up for other people who don't i mean that's
2: i yeah i mean i absolutely agree and i think yeah that's you know and being on twitter it's like i don't want to feel like oh if i retweet this thing that i really believe in will i lose followers it's like it shouldn't be about that it Mm -hmm. should you should hope that if people are that Ridiculous than yeah the, to, to to unfollow then you over riddance. like a you know and it's like not like I'm gonna post like the most controversial tweet ever oh um, no she wants but, justice in yeah, the yeah, world yeah yeah
0: but you know it changed I mean, Jason Isaacs yeah. had a gra- has has a yeah. great Twitter account totally but, you know it used to be you could disagree on policy you know that they weren't the enemy oh they believed on tax cuts for the rich we right. didn't you know look that was not a question of you know hate it was a question of seeing right. the world differently but now. The, the 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 right is so evil and so you know xenophobic and then you know just today the we lines pulled are out drawn. of the um, nuclear arms agreement with uh, you know it, it is so dangerous yeah. that you can no longer say oh you know it's all equal we, you know we have a different opinion oh you know, it's
1: just that right? and it'll come out in the wash no people whether you like
0: a TV uh, show no. is something you can have a difference of right. opinion on right you know
1: lives are at stake and. It, it's just so important that we make a stand wherever yeah. we can. And I, I love that you're making a stand that people need to really look more deeply yeah. than they tend to look. But it's yeah. so
0: fascinating to hear your interpretation of the character. And, <laughs> it's beautiful. And, uh, Thank your, you. your, 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 you know, your whole approach and just your whole story of coming to this rich universe that mm-hmm. is Star Trek that, you know, there have been now several you know generation that see the next gener- generation yep. you know sort of taking that mantle it's it's it's, uh, it's 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 really interesting and just to see how you embrace what came before and mm-hmm. you know we're respectful of of, of all that so it's, it's it's great to have you on the show it's so great to have you on the show and so much interview. else i'd like to ask me. you about the
1: richness of so much of your work with 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 tyler mm-hmm. i but you know i think those are probably questions that you answer <laughs> on a fairly regular basis and i i just Anyway, I...
0: You're fangirling out, Chase. I never expected <laughs> to see that.
1: No, I'm... What? No, it's funny. No, I it's appreciate cute. It. I, I, mean, it's... I really mean it. I, I think I, I, yeah. you're great. I'm, so. I'm, no, I'm... I know.
0: That's, it's authentic. Yeah. I, like <laughs> I do.
2: <laughs> but I do think it's, it's you know, and it's the the coming to the this women, supporting women and celebrating women, which yeah. we have in, in full, and I think it's so important. I mean, again, coming back to something I hope people can take away from both this story and who our cast is, is, you know, and Sanic was been my number one advocate, just as as a human being, and, and obviously awesome. and, and and Mary Wiseman as well. You know, yeah. easily that could have been such a competition, and and right. such a oh well you get and it's just been respect and 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 realizing that oh the more we have the better. And if, I haven't even you know talking uh, Jane Brooke who plays Cornwell who so is lovely. so wonderful and uh, working with yeah. her and on screen the, and off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know
1: Jane, but I I just Our I really husband's her husband's John Treleski
0: who's a wonderful. TV director yeah, It'd yeah. be great to see John do some episodes of, yeah that would be awesome. oh, cool. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah she yeah. seems like a cool lady yeah she's um, very cool
2: but, it's but yeah how can the you wealth not of that. just
1: respect that and see how you have taken this mantle and you know as young women really realized what's important mm-hmm. it's pretty damn beautiful
2: well thank you I, I'm I'm just honored to be able to Play my part (laughs) Uh, in and out of uh,
1: character. (laughs) Great, great work, Mary. Thank Great you. work! Thank you so well, much for being here. What else here. You are doing you doing? Hiatus,
0: you know, we're on hiatus now. Do you yeah. have anything? Yeah. Oh yeah. You said, are you said... resting or are you I... doing a feature or anything? Uh, yeah, or...
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm open for business. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to hire me, and she can... sings. Yeah. I sing and I dance and. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... I loved your
1: song with Jason, by the oh, way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Jason I said, Janet. and I
2: did "Damage, Janet" from Rocky Horror Picture nice. Show yes. on yes. the cruise. An experience I never thought I would have,
0: Fantastic. particularly even grown up. I'm a huge hairback from Rocky Horror. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> know, I know. We almost.
2: Damn it, Janet was definitely the most straightforward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm. I do have one project that I can't speak fully about yet, but it's an adaptation of Othello. Having worked on it, um, uh, in the past, uh, in New York when I said I did Harlem Shakespeare Festival, I was really inspired to to explore a, a female interpretation of Iago because that was the part I played, and uh, so I can't say too much. Uh, but I'm uh, collaborating. Uh, with Juvie Productions, which is uh, Viola Davis and her husband Julius Tenen's company. Wow. Um, and also uh, Viola is a Juilliard alum, uh, so that's a fun little very cool. Um, and they're the whole of Juvie <laughs> Productions is an incredible uh, production company that's all about inclusivity and empowerment, and they, you know, through I, I won't go into the full story, but they recognized that I had something to offer and. Um. It's so I'm excited for that. I can't. I can't speak more to it yet. <laughs> All good. Um, but that's in the
1: works. That's exciting.
2: And then, yeah, I really am. You know, wanting to expand my horizons and and take this opportunity and time that I have because of this show. Um, to to pursue as many things as possible and find other female characters who um need their stories to be told whether they be you know already written uh, or or needing to be fleshed out by by a new awesome female writer who's g- Right, you know, whatever it is, but um, or characters who are classically seen, yeah, exactly. as male into female. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely my, yeah, adapting Shakespeare male roles is. It's a theme that started coming at me, so then I started being like, well, what can I do with that?
1: Well, the
0: public theater has been doing that for decades in New York, and it's always yeah. great to see these interpretations. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's, really cool. You know, that believed in non traditional casting, and for Shakespeare, it's just it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah.
1: you really yeah. learn so, so much. empowering,
2: and I will say, working on male Shakespeare roles really prepared me for the Laurel kind of journey and stamina as well. Mm. Just in in having to carry a show in the way that particularly Macbeth and Iago have to carry it. It's just so many words and so much physicality and you discipline know, and, yeah. and yeah.
0: yeah. Next week on Shakespeare Nights. Yeah uh, yeah yeah Chase's yeah, yeah Shakespeare <laughs> Nights,
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> tach bear, tach bear. De- that's
0: debuting that's, on the Ides on of March. March.
1: Yeah, yeah. oh really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah that's Christopher Plummer. He yeah, says yeah, that yeah, in Star Undiscovered six. Country. Wow. Yeah, yeah. look at you. Well of course it's Star Trek six now
0: you're talking my language yeah, <laughs> you haven't heard you what
2: you haven't uh, heard Klingon uh, until you, ri- heard, you haven't uh, Shakespeare. Yeah, you haven't heard Shakespeare until you read it in the original Klingon.
0: And you know <laughs> the funny know. story yes. about casting Christopher Plummer in that was Nick Meyer, who directed mm-hmm. and wrote it, mm-hmm. um, was listening to uh, records, uh, vinyl. You know, remember they used to be rec- oh, there right. are again, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he would listen to Christopher Plummer doing Shakespeare all the time, and he mm. loved it. He said, oh, you know, wow. if I cast Christopher Plummer in my movie. I get him to do Shakespeare whenever I want. And <laughs> so he cast he went he called up his casting director, Mary Jo Slater, said you gotta get me Christopher Plummer for General Chang. And he got him. And you know, it's funny because it Shatner used to be Plummer's understudy, you right. know, the Toronto Shakespeare Company. Right. So well, isn't that full circle? It was pretty full circle. But that's why he got Christopher Plummer and why through the whole movie he quotes Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it really set that whole thing in motion about Klingons and, and Shakespeare being correlated. So Thanks. It, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. When Klingon started,
0: it was just them, Jimmy Doon making up words. Like it started. Yeah. And then Mark Okren came yeah. on for Star Trek 3 and they really made it a real yeah. language. It's And crazy. the fans have yeah. been the
2: ones that have really fully fleshed it out. You know, they have the Klingon Institute online. and, and You can the, get your degree yeah, in Klingon. Yeah, you can really. Yeah. And they, they're words that we created for our show, you know, when they, that didn't exist. And similarly, you know, because it started with a lot of bridge talk hmm that was a, it was you know that was mainly where you saw the Klingon speaking Klingon was mm-hmm. on their bridges so um, kind of the fleshing out of the more kind of uh, uh, casual Klingon as they right. say
0: right. <laughs> more, more people probably speak Klingon than Esperanto and Esperanto was supposed to be the language that was gonna bring the world together everyone uh-huh. was gonna speak it yeah, universally and maybe, more yeah, people don't Klingon. Klingon I think
2: yeah that's, that's funny it, it, pr- quite likely Wow, I guess the moral of us Klingon is it, the Klingon Empire will bring us all together. Strangely, right. watch out, right. Mandarin! Watch Klingon out, yeah, is coming yeah. for you. Right. Klingon is <laughs> coming for you. Right,
1: and and <laughs> as you say, um, wow. Well, yeah. and in the meantime, they will call you mother. Yes, exactly. Amazing. Um, all right, okay. we should sign off. Aww. Mary Chiefo, thank you so much. You can find thank her you. at Mary the Chief on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yep can't wait to see what's ahead for you in the rest of the second season and beyond
0: and star trek fans in italy please uh, let her know Uh, she's available for conventions (laughs) (laughs)
1: all right great thanks so much again mary great having you here all right real pleasure super thank you and (laughs) thank 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 you you so much to our audience you guys are the best for joining us each week at disco nights and if you're a fan of this podcast you may want to check out electric surges other podcasts like the 450 movie 450 movie
0: did they move times
1: yeah, I run late, you know. Four. <laughs> the 4.30 thirty movie every Friday. Okay. It you should need to print this larger. I know the for us old people. Fourth <laughs> thirty movie every Friday and Inglorious Trek experts <laughs> a podcast about all things. Trek with co-hosts Mark Altman and Darren Doctorman, who we love.
0: We love Darren, me not so much.
1: That's true. That's true. All right, scratch that. Um we even say that in your absence, you know? Yeah, we know. do. I don't know it. It is available every Saturday. At seventeen oh one hours sharply, and uh, that you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: And best new best movies never made it just debuted on Monday nights. Oh, did it? Which is with filmmakers talking about their passion projects that never saw the light of a projector bulb. Ooh. Steve Scarlatta, who did uh, Joe Dune documentary, which was Isn't wonderful, the, came yeah. out. of He's one of the hosts with Josh Miller, who wrote uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, and that just debuted. It's a terrific tune in.
1: I did not know that. And now you do. Well, thank you. I feel so. Uh, i feel like a fuller person now a very special thanks to bill ritter and everyone here at electric surge network for making this show possible and we will see you next sunday night for an all-new disco party so bring make sure you bring your disco shoes until then this is chase masterson signing off saying thank you again to mary Chifo, and disco lives